According to the Consumer Bankers Association, card replacement numbers and expenses associated with the target breach continue to increase. In fact, the CBA says its member banks have to date spent more than $172 million just in card replacement costs, making the target breach one of the most costly retail breaches from a card reissuance perspective in history. Here, David Pomeran, Senior Counsel and Assistant Vice President of the CBA, explains why retail breaches are becoming increasingly costly for banks and why the CBA is working to spearhead legislation that will help banking institutions recover some of the losses that they have suffered. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. David, as I mentioned in the introduction, Target's breach has gotten the nation's attention, but it's not the largest card breach the financial services industry has ever seen. Why would you say then Target seems to be shaping up to be one of the most costly? Well, I first I would correctly point out that the breach here was on the retail side, not on the financial institution side. But in recent years, the correlation between fraud victims and breach victims has increased. So uh, whereas a couple of years ago it might have been one in four, today's number is more about one in three of actual breached card information would be used in actual fraud fraudulent charges. So the more you have in actual fraud fraudulent charges and fraud costs, um, the more you're going to have an, an overall breach and more costly it's going to be to the industry as a whole. The target breach, while certainly not the largest in history, was fairly large breach of an estimated 110 million card users were affected by the target breach, which was national in scope. So there's a lot of folks out there that were affected by this. Again, the correlation between the actual fraud victims uh, for breached information is, is, is increased. So you put all those things together and the actual cost of a breach like targets is quite large. You know, this is, again, it's a significant breach. You really look at the breaches in, in, in the past year or so, Target by far is, is one of the largest. Now the CBA notes, David, that so far approximately 17.2 million cards have been reissued by its member banks. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, that the costs associated with that reissuance are just more than $172 million. How did the CBA come up with those figures? Sure. So we surveyed our member banks from some of our, our largest down to our smallest asset size member bank and asked them what the number looked like for them. And then we, we approximated that number and came up with an average of, of cards that were affected by this based on our membership size. So uh, one of the questions we asked them was how much did this cost per card to replace and, and all the things that go along with it. And so the average amount came out to about $10 per card, which of course includes actually replacing the plastic and sending that plastic to the customer. But it also includes other things such as you know a higher increase in, in call center activity, customer outreach uh, to explain the, the parameters around the breach, what the bank is doing. All those things go into what we would estimate to be about $10 a card, and that's an average. So with smaller institutions, it could be quite larger. You know, they don't have the economy of scale to, to bring down those costs. So the more of the cards that we're finding out that were breached, the higher the costs are going right now. David, how many member banks does the CBA have? Currently, CBA has 58 members. And have all of your banking institution members been affected by the target breach? I mean, that's hard to say, Tracy. I mean, it's, the target breach was national in scope, um, and it's entirely possible that most of our members had at least some of their cards compromised by the target breach. 
Um, it really is going to be bank specific. Some of our members uh, include, you know, the, tr the trillionaire banks, and it goes down to you know, asset sizes around 10 billion and, and some lower. You know, they have different size portfolios, and from what we understand, the geographic, you know, outcomes of the target breach, you know, have affected different geographies a little, little more than others. You know, I can't tell you with complete certainty that every single member of ours was affected by it, but I think it's entirely possible and likely that they were, given the national scope of the target breach. And then from a debit versus credit perspective, David, what would you say was the most costly to replace? Would that be the debit side or the credit side, or are they both about the same in replacement expenses? It's, again, it's going to be different for each institution. I mean, some institutions produce their own or issue their own cards, credit cards, and so they, they carry their own card portfolios and, and certainly are going to incur costs there if they have large portfolios. But I would overall say that it's, it's likely more expensive for our member banks to replace the debit side due just to the fact that more customers have those kinds of cards. A lot of our member banks simply just reissued all of the affected cards, what they expected to be affected cards. So if you think about a checking account and the debit card that's associated with that, you know, most customers of a bank have a checking account that has an associated debit card and you have to replace that card for all of them, whereas with a credit card, not everybody carries one, and certainly you don't have to replace every one for every customer that you, you have on, that has a, a checking account with your institution. So all in all, I would say the debit side of it is slightly more expensive to produce just simply because of the volume. What about some of the fraud losses, David? How much fraud have banking institutions had to cover so far? And I'm talking about these would be losses associated, of course, with the cards that were compromised in the target breach. And do you expect fraud related to those particular breach cards to continue for an extended period of time? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I hate to keep on giving you this answer, but it really does depend on the institution uh, itself and the size or of their portfolio, whether that's a debit card or a credit card. You know, the more this this kind of plays out, the the clearer it becomes of what the actual cost of the of the fraud is. You know, w whether or not the cards that were breached, the data that was breached, is actually being used for fraudulent charges. Um, how much those charges are, we won't really know those numbers for some time now. Um, it will have to play out over the next couple months to really see exactly where the, fraud, where the actual fraudulent charges from breach, um, you know, where they come down to. But I, we would expect, you know, our banks have been very diligent in, in responding to this. I mean, we're talking about a 30 to 45-day response period right now, and our banks have, have blanketed their customers with new cards, new information, reached out to them man call center inquiries, things like that. So, you know, I, I would expect that for the majority of banks involved here that they'll have a lot of these cases closed by February and March. Um, you know, you'll see some fraud cases, you know, probably lasting through March and maybe some additional ones popping up. But over the next few months, you, you, you would probably see uh, any fraud related to this drop off due to the, the actions that banks are taking to replace uh, and protect their customers' information. David, what advice would you offer to banking institutions where fraud protections, detection, and fraud loss recovery are concerned as they relate to Target and perhaps other breaches? Sure. Well, you know, banks are already pretty well versed in the issues surrounding fraud and fraud prevention. We've been doing this for a long time. We have uh, some of the most sophisticated fraud detection systems uh, available uh, in industries. Um, so, you know, we are constantly working to innovate and improve our systems. They're checked, they're double-checked, and, and it's important to note, you know, that, you know, our customers' information, our customer safety and in using our products is one of our top priorities. 
and that there's, there's actually very little breach from financial institutions, and a lot of the breach comes from retailers. So we diligently have put in systems within financial institutions to help protect our customers' information, and we'd like to work with merchants to do the same. So, David, if you were going to work with merchants to help them enhance their fraud detection systems and even perhaps fraud prevention systems, how would that work? Would you have to go through your member banks to do that, or could you work directly with retailers? Could retailers perhaps become members of the CBA? Well, no, retailers cannot become members of the CBA. We're only, uh, we'd have to be a chartered bank, banking institution to become or a credit union become a member of CBA. But certainly there is a lot of dialogue that's come through this, the, the breach, the target breach, you know, between associations of banking institutions, associations of merchants and retailers. The dialogue is there. Um, our member banks obviously work with a lot of these retailers, a lot of these merchants. They often are banks of the retailers and the merchants. So we need to just continue that dialogue and make sure that we're, you know, we're coming to good solutions that benefit the consumer. Going back to some of the expenses the banking institutions have had to cover, David, some institutions have actually filed independent suits against Target to help recover some of the losses that they've suffered. What is the CBA's stance regarding some of these lawsuits? I don't think we have an official stance with regards to the lawsuits. Um, I can tell you that we do fully support efforts to be reimbursed for costs that are associated with breaches that are of no fault to the, to the financial institution or the issuer. So some banks have chosen to go through a legal route, such as filing a lawsuit. Others will you know, reach directly out to merchants uh, to be reimbursed for costs. But this is part of that dialogue and, and, and having accountability for breaches that occur within certain institutions. So if merchants, and this is what CBA supports, if merchants are responsible for breaches, we believe that that reissuance cost should be their responsibility to cover. What more would the CBA like to see happen, David, from a legislative perspective? Well, I mean, there are a few things that we'd like to see happen. And, I mean, as this plays out, we'll get more information and we'll see uh, the progression of this. We'll, we'll be able to better ascertain what exactly needs to be done to help protect customer information going forward. But I, I can point to a few things that we would like to see at this point. And, and that would be, first and foremost, would be to establish a national standard for security breach notification. You know, right now we have a fairly piecemeal system which state by state. It would be nice to have a one kind of, you know, a standard notification system that can be utilized by both merchants and financial institutions um, to make sure that, you know, customers are notified in a timely manner about breaches. We would also um, like to see federally mandated standards for merchants to comply with. Uh, when it comes to protecting their customers' information. Banks have standards in place currently that are dictated to us, uh, mainly through the Grand Leach Bliley Act, but um, certainly we go above and beyond that. But we have a minimum set of standards that we have to adhere to, and we think that merchants should have a, a similar set of standards uh, applied to them. And, you know, there should be better sharing of, of threat information. There should be, you know, there shouldn't be any unnecessary legal or other barriers to affect threat information being shared between law enforcement and those responsible for breaches. And I guess lastly, I would say that we would like to see, as we talked a little bit about before, is where there are costs that are occurred through breaches, that the responsible parties cover those costs, such as cost of reissuing cards and, and making customers whole. Um, so I think those are some basic points that we'd like to see legislation moving forward cover. Again, I, I can't stress this enough that as this unfolds, more details become available 
it will become clear which routes we need to take to better secure uh, customer, you know, non-public information. Um, and so we're part of that process, and we continue to work with, uh, with Capitol Hill and with, with the parties involved to make sure that we come to the best place possible. And then, David, before we close, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about these recent retail breaches, the costs involved, or perhaps some of the next steps that banking institutions need to take? The banking institutions have systems in place currently. Uh, we're, we're very diligent about uh, our systems. We double-check them constantly. We have mandated uh, minimums that we have to adhere to. Our customer data security is, is of, of utmost priority. Uh, we want to work with all the parties here, with the merchants, um, with Capitol Hill, with Congress, to make sure that we come to a place where we can ensure that customers can go out and use their cards without the fear that their their data is going to be compromised. Um, let's face it, the card is king these days. Very few people use cash, and increasingly so, more and more people are going to registers and, and, and going online and, and using that information and, and using their cards to, to make everyday purchases. So uh, I think it's more important than ever, and it's going to become, you know, every day, you know, hackers are out there coming up with innovative ways to ensure that, you know, or to, to hack systems and to break firewalls, uh, we have to be one step ahead of them. And that's going to take all the players in the system to really effectively combat that threat, and that includes merchants. So I, I would say moving forward, um, you know, working with the merchants and working with Capitol Hill is a top priority. You know, the fall from the target breach continues uh, is responding to our customers and ensuring that their data is secure. David, I'd like to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from David Pomeran of the CBA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.